0: the bible of of the hindus the bible of india is called the bhagavad gita and the bhagavad gita essentially says over and over and over and over do your best let go of results and that is like the perfect advice for our our work sandy right because Mm -hmm. you know people have all these stories they tell themselves right like it doesn't happen by this time it's never gonna (laughs) happen Or this is the year, no matter what. And I always have to remind people this isn't just about you. There's another person you will ultimately be with, and you don't know what they're doing on their journey right now. And you need to be in surrender mode, not in like rigid control mode. That's all ego.
1: This is episode number 524 with Carol Allen, the wise woman's astrological guide to men. Really excited to have Carol here. Welcome back to Last First Date Radio. I'm Sandy Weiner, and we believe it is never too late to go on your last first date. And if you want support on your journey to lasting love, I wrote a book for you. It's called Becoming a Woman of Value, How to Thrive in Life and Love. And it is filled with um, practical exercises to help you build confidence and competence on your journey to love, whether you're single or in a relationship. These are all really valuable tools to help you build your ability to have the most important conversations with yourself and others. And you can find it on Amazon for Kindle or a paperback. This week's tip from the book is step number 25, which is know when to say yes. We often um, say no to the wrong things and say yes to the wrong things. And we we're just like, no, I'm not going to try this. And I think it's really important if you want to really explore your best relationship is to say yes to opportunities, yes to looking at love with new eyes. I I have so many clients who have come into dating with this idea that you have to find the one, each one has to be the one, and that attitude leads to burnout and disappointment and not not success in love, it just has you shut down. And so if you're saying yes to new experiences, meeting new friends, finding out more about yourself and about others, trying new things, that is really what keeps you on the journey to love. And so My challenge to you this week is to say yes to something that maybe scares you just a little bit, because that is the key to really getting out of your comfort zone and finding a life and a love that you love. And before I bring Carol on, I just want to give a shout out to my Facebook group. It's called Your Last First Date. And we are a large group of women over 40 who are looking for love, who have even already found love, but want continued support on their journey to to really making it work. And so this is a group that's really different from a lot of groups that are out there where we actually provide guidance and support to keep you positive on your journey and not just complaining and talking about what isn't working. Yes, there's always room for this isn't working, what do I do? But it's really guidance on helping you to grow as a person on your journey to lasting love so join us there at your last first date and now for my awesome guest carol allen she is a happily married vedic astrologer and a relationship coach and her mission is to empower women to enjoy truly out of this world love lives i love that she combines her training in the astrology of india with cutting edge real world relationship research she's been on e bridezilla's extra dr drew's life changers and in chicken soup for the soul and she's the author of the book love is in the stars the wise woman's astrological guide to men she is regularly heard by hundreds of thousands of people on relationship summits podcasts radio shows and her popular Love is in the Stars newsletter, which you can sign up for at loveisinthestars.com.
0: Welcome to the show, Carol. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Sandy. It's great to be here.
1: So first of all, how how did we get into this whole astrology thing?
0: Well, I think most people first learn about astrology through compatibility and, you know, having like a crush on someone in, oh, like junior high or sixth grade, right? And thinking like, Ooh, well, I'm an Aquarius and he's a cancer. And what does that mean? I had an older sister that was really into astrology. In fact, she's still more into it than I am. (laughs) And she always had books around. And uh, so first I found it through like the Linda Goodman kind of sun sign kind of astrology. But when I was in my early twenties, I was in my full-blown quarter-life crisis. And I crawled to a party and there was a Vedic astrologer there and he was doing little readings. And the friend that had the party said she'd gone to him for 12 years and he was astonishing and that he absolutely helped her navigate her life with total peace of mind and clarity of what was going to happen and why. So I had a session and it totally lived up to everything she had described. It blew my mind. And it just so happened there was a school for it six blocks from where I was living. And it was the only, to my knowledge, it was the only school at the time in the United States. And so we met twice a week. We had a revolving uh, group of incredible teachers and people from India would visit and give guest lectures. And that was 31 years ago. And so I went there honestly for 10 years and uh, just it just snowballed. And what I quickly recognized was everyone who came for a session wanted to know about love. Even if they said they were coming because of a job thing or a money thing or a real estate transaction, ultimately it always turned into a love conversation. And I also quickly recognized that I was a resource that they were listening to, even though I was a complete disaster in love. (laughs) And I was usually younger than the people turning to me and uh, so, I went and got training in uh, relationship coaching. I went through a relationship institute and incorporated that with my readings. And the combination is just like, Mwah. it's just amazing. <laughs> That's great. Yeah
1: what i'm curious about is the difference between vedic Vedic, is that how you pronounce it
0: vedic yeah vedic uh-huh. astrology
1: and yes. what most of us know as western astrology
0: well there's tremendous similarities and overlap but there's tremendous distinctions and one of the biggest is that we calculate the charts differently and the western system thinks what matters is the relationship with the earth to the sun and they then determine where the the stars and the planets and everything else is from there. The Vedic system thinks that what matters is the relationship of the Earth to the distant star signs. And this is how astronomers calculate. And what ends up happening is you get a chart that's now 24 degrees different. In ancient times, back when both systems were coming into being, both ways of doing a chart gave you the same chart, but uh, but the Earth slowly shifts in its relationship to the sky. And slowly over time, this becomes a really big deal. So now that it's been thousands of years, it's a really big deal. So that's the biggest difference. The second biggest difference in terms of our topic is there's tremendous, tremendous technique having to do with relationships. Uh, They still arrange 90% of their marriages in India, which is so incredible. With a higher success rate than here, by the way, (laughs) than in the West. Uh, And they do it using overwhelmingly the Hindu population, which is the majority of people, utilizes this technology in their arranging of marriages because it really does show, and I don't know how it does this, but it shows, will you have chemistry? Will you have a foundation of friendship? Will you be secure together? Can you create abundance together? Can you create children? I mean, on and on and on and on, everything in life, really is revealed through the charts and uh so the 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 techniques for relationships go way beyond what western astrology provides and western astrology is incredible i'm not here to say they're not good and we're better or any of that uh it's just there's tremendous technique that was lost in western astrology because of the ancient fires at the ancient library of alexandria you know all greatest writings were there Uh, and then in the middle ages the church tried to stamp anything that led to personal awareness and self-development they tried to get rid of it so numerology astrology palm street herbal herbology all that stuff right (laughs) was you know all the books were burned all the astrologers and practitioners were burned too so by the 1800s you couldn't get a western astrology book in its original language anymore Uh, so we don't know what wisdom was lost but that never happened in the indian system
1: i've been watching the indian matchmaker show on netflix oh. and it's just i was watching it today in fact
0: is there another and season I yes the there is one. oh my god i'm so glad you just <laughs> told me that i have to see it yeah
1: it's uh it's fascinating that she always goes to an astrologer and yes and also to a face reader and i remember somebody coming to me and i think that's chinese right is that based in in a a chinese
0: you know that's a really good question that's the only place i've heard of it one of my mentors in Vedic astrology also was a face reader and he was incredible he would run around my parties telling people the most core deep things about themselves (laughs) It was crazy.
1: I think that, you know, we tend to be very literal and logical here in America, um, yes. in the Western world, and we don't always look to more of the spiritual. And so for anybody who's really skeptical <laughs> about this whole thing and how it works, uh, can is there anything that you can share, maybe even a, a client experience or something that can help people really wrap their heads around how this this makes sense for people?
0: Well, I mean, what you just said is so true about, especially Americans, right? So in the West, we're very, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, self-determination, your whole life is your responsibility. And if it's not going well, it's your fault, right? Like That's (laughs) kind of, so the good news about that is that we're inspired to see that if we take action and if we, you know, get information and if we do our part, life will get better. And that is true. To a point, right? In the wet, in the east, their philosophy is that it's like it's like I don't know if we saw that beautiful movie uh, *Slumdog Millionaire*, right? Mm-hmm. And at the end, it was it is written, right? So in the east, there's this notion that your life is preordained and preplanned, and that you have a destiny that you're here to fulfill, and that certain things are meant to be and are orchestrated in a, in a system that is greater than you, whether you wanna call it the force or the matrix or God or the universe or whatever. So so aligning yourself with this force that's greater than you and doing the best you can with the part that is yours to do is the one-two combination that makes life amazing. So, so we're two all about the self here. And when we use spirituality here, we tend to use the self version right the well i have to intend and i have to visualize and i have to pray and i have to get clear and i have to believe enough and i have to be deserving right but that's still all about you 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 but in the east it's like well do your greatest effort you know they the, the bible of of the hindus the bible of india is called the bhagavad gita and it's part of a larger book called the Mahabharata. and the bhagavad gita essentially says over and over and over and over, do your best let go of results. Do your best let go of results. Do your best let go of results. And that is like the perfect advice for our our work, Sandy, right? Because Mm -hmm. you know, people have all these stories they tell themselves, right? Like it doesn't happen by this time, it's never gonna happen, right? Or this is the year no matter what. And I always remind people, This isn't just about you. There's another person you will ultimately be with and you don't know what they're doing on their journey right now. And you need to be in surrender mode, not in like rigid control mode. That's all ego. But that's really the difference in the philosophies. And that's really, you know, to your point at the beginning, what you were saying in your tip, which was so beautiful, right? Is when we do our best and let go of results, as opposed to being like, is it the one? Is it the one? Are you my soulmate or else? Right. And I'm going to know in the first 30 seconds. <laughs> and here I am on this date and I'm wasting my time now. Why am I here? Maybe I can climb out the window in the bathroom. I'm like, you know, <laughs> it's like we need to just be open to what life is bringing. Maybe that person will be a new friend. Maybe they'll introduce you to their brother and that's your soulmate. Right. Maybe you're going to have the best chicken cordon bleu of your life. Right. So, so. Yeah. So you and I totally agree. And the uh, mm-hmm. philosophy of India supports your, your whole way of doing things. So yay. you! Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, I love that. One of my favorite stories of someone I know who I had worked with was that she joined a hiking meetup and met a, a lovely group of new friends. One woman had a Thanksgiving dinner, invited her, and she sat next to the man who became her husband. Love it. So she didn't meet him at the meetup. She met right. him there. And we actually are featuring another client of mine on a podcast episode. She was really struggling with why is it so hard to find love? And online dating was really frustrating for her. And she went off to Italy, which is a place that she absolutely loves, had spent like 10 years in Italy, speaks the language. Oh wow. ended up in a, and I'm not going to give the whole story away, but she, she went to a kind of a bed and breakfast type of place that was like an old barn that somebody had converted and was hosting this woman who, who had the conversion of the barn was hosting these dinner parties and was telling my client, Oh, we're going to have these people. And where do you want to sit? She said, well, I'm having this, this person who's coming from uh, Brussels, but he speaks Italian he's really from Italy. And she goes, Oh, I lived in Brussels and Italy. So she sits next to this guy. They have this, like, almost like they're in a bubble conversation for three Uh hours straight. Wow. And here she, she didn't want to stay there. She goes, this is too remote. I want to be where all the action is. (laughs) So she went there kind of reluctantly and also just getting out post pandemic for a lot of people was like traveling became really difficult and, 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 You had to take all these new precautions. Anyway, she made this connection and he was in a relationship and she still continued to get to know him in spite of the fact that he was in a relationship because she let go of expectations. Mm. And I won't tell you the end, but it's a good ending. (laughs) Uh, and, And a good ending could have just been, they had a great friendship, right? It could have been anything. And So I think, you know, it's really critical to to let go of how it's supposed to look, how it's supposed to be, what you're supposed to say, when you're supposed to meet him, all these things. It's when you let go that the surprise package comes into your life. Well,
0: and that's, you know, I love those stories so much. Tell
1: us a story of one of your clients. I would love to hear it.
0: Well, along exactly what you were saying, uh, you know, One of the things that people often misinterpret in my work, and I get a lot of comments like when I post a YouTube video or, you know, because there's this notion that there's, there are what are called seasons of love, or there's this larger destiny of love. People think that can mean, so you don't have to do anything, right? And you can just sit back and wait for them to ring your doorbell, but you still have to do stuff like your beautiful stories you just shared. So, I have a client that hired me from across the world. She was living in New Zealand in this tiny little town. And she worked in a female-dominated industry where she never met men. And uh, she also hated internet dating. I mean, newsflash, everyone hates internet dating. (laughs) But it is the number one way people meet the person they marry um but that's a whole other conversation i i personally love it i've created a strategy that's like incredible because i've studied marketing and it's a kind of marketing but yes. anyway so i was on the phone with her and i said what is the name of your tiny town again looked it up found a meetup it was beach walk made her go so she went she met this totally nice guy they hit it off they talked the whole time she didn't hear from him. now what I find women do a lot is what you were talking about is like defensive dating. Like I'm gonna be in charge, I'm liberated. Well, what they're really doing is is being uh self-protective and they're making their ego more important than just being open to what life serves up, right? So so like a lot of people, if they met a guy that they hit it off with, like that story of yours at a party and he was in a relationship, they'd be like, Well, I'm never talking to him and screw him and how dare he? And I'm cursed. And why does this always happen? You know what I mean? So, so anyway, so a month later, because I was getting her in the mode of doing stuff, she signed up for a speed dating event, but she didn't feel well. So she didn't go, but I'd also taught her to be proactive. So she looked on Facebook at the speed dating event page. And she saw that he had also signed up, this man from the beach walk that she really liked. So I had also taught her always make the first move. Don't make the second, third and fourth move, but make the first one. (laughs) So and we'd also gotten her better pictures, which she had on Facebook. So she pinged him like, hey, I was supposed to go to the speed dating event. How was it? And he wrote back and said, oh, hi, I didn't feel well. I didn't go. And she said, same with me. They got to chitty chatting. He asked her out. They fell madly in love. They got married. They have literally the most beautiful daughter they've ever had. She -hmm. was 32 years old and she had never had a boyfriend. Wow. she had never had a boyfriend, but she'd also never been proactive. So, so it's not just, oh, I have a destiny and I need to sit back. It's I need to align myself and then go for it.
1: I love that story. I just had this conversation, right? Uh, One of my clients was saying, yeah, everybody says you find a relationship when you're not looking. I said, yes.
0: That is total bull. Right.
1: (laughs) Total. Some people do. Right. Some people do. So I said, okay, let's interpret that. And my interpretation of that is you find a relationship when you're not desperately pushing to search for, like, like you were saying with this woman that in New Zealand, it's like, if she had then chased this guy down and said, Hey, we had a good connection. Why didn't we, why didn't you ask me out? I mean, that's, that's pushy and that's desperation as opposed to Showing up in your life and being assertive but not aggressive and making yes. first moves like a lot of people get online and one of the reasons they hate it and we could definitely have a whole conversation about online dating and how yes. to do it better, but yes. it's it women who are passively waiting to see what falls into their net and it it's a whole variety of things that usually is not right for them, yeah. And so when you make the first move and I had John Berger on the show who his whole book was called make the move, I think. And it's all about women making first moves. It's, it is, yes, liberating to make first moves, but where does that, you know, where does that take you? And what does that really mean? And so I love what you said and making that delineation between making the first move and at the beginning right. and then it's see like what It's like dropping
0: happens. a hanky, right? Exactly. It's just showing interest. It's just showing Yeah. And I mean, the thing I love the most about the New Zealand story is that she'd never had a boyfriend before, because I don't know about you, but when people are like that and they want to hire me, I don't want to lead anybody on or take somebody's money when they really have like a whole other thing they need to do first, you know, like maybe therapy or maybe like build social friendships first or so I was like, oh, should I take her money? <laughs> should I like take this on? But she was so lovely and fun and she was up for it. And I thought, I'm not God, you know, what do I know? <laughs> like she's game, I'm game. And uh, yeah, that that was really great. That was super fun. So, yeah, I, mean, I mean, all my favorite marriages, including mine, sorry to interrupt you, that's were okay. women who uh, made the first move. I talked to my husband first. I was super flirty and friendly. And, uh, and then he started calling, but we kept not, having schedules that worked out. And then a friend invited me to go to an event and she knew he would be there, but he hadn't invited me. And I was like, Oh, that's weird. (laughs) And then I went and it was just like on, you know, and that was 32 years ago. So. Uh, That's great. Let's take a quick break
1: to hear from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Amazon music unlimited You can listen to over 70 million songs and thousands of playlists and stations. Plus, you can now stream your favorite podcasts like Last First Date Radio. You can listen to any song, anytime, anywhere, on any of your devices your smartphone, your tablet, your PC or Mac, Fire TV, and any Alexa enabled devices like the Amazon Echo. Get Amazon Music Unlimited for free for 30 days. Just head on over to getamazonmusic.com forward slash last first date to learn more and claim this offer. I just wanted to circle back to what you said about people who have never had a boyfriend or people who, uh, there are a lot of people out there who are so-called experts who say, I can guarantee you will fall in love in 30 days. So oh, that <laughs> makes
0: me nuts. Yeah, that oh, makes it makes me
1: crazy, crazy too. Yeah, And so I always tell people, there are no guarantees what we're going to do. You're going to be a better person at the end of this, and you're going to have a better experience in life. And this is not just about dating. So it's, it's never just about dating, right?
0: Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Well, you know, the things that make you attractive romantically also make you attractive just in general. Mm -hmm. So setting healthy boundaries living a life you love, being warm and friendly, all those things make everyone like you better. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. This is actually a good segue to your five critical keys to love. And if you can tell us what those are, I would appreciate that.
0: Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Well, so one of the things that I absolutely was blown away by when I started working with clients and using astrology was how much astrology does impact love and how there's so much more to it than what I thought in seventh grade when I was reading Linda Goodman. (laughs) So one category of the five critical keys absolutely is compatibility, right? Do you have an affinity with someone? Do you get along? Do you like each other? Is there easy agreement? Are you on the same page? Can you feel like peaceful in their presence. These are all the things I mean when I say compatibility because true compatibility, like agreeing on everything and always wanting the same things like that doesn't exist and you're never gonna find it. So don't have that be the bar, right? Um, But if there is that affinity, that's the foundation. Second thing though, is both people need to have the capacity to be in a full relationship if that is what you want right so what we've all done and what you and i've seen a million times and we've all seen our friends do is you'll find somebody that you have that amazing affinity with and you have incredible chemistry but they can't do relationships they're too selfish they're workaholic they're alcoholic they're uh They're too busy. They don't prioritize relationships. They're they're too self-involved. They're too sensitive, depressed, angry, whatever. And so often, this is so easy to see in the chart. Is somebody relationship material? And what I always tell my clients is find a person that's relationship material. Half your job is done, right? Mm -hmm. Find somebody that wants relationship is good at it and half your job is done. So then the third thing is, is it time? So we've already discussed, you know, there's seasons of love. There's there's what I call seasons of loneliness where you are blocked and I don't care how hard you work. And that's where those 30 day books, right? Or there's seven weeks or those, you know, this is your year for love books or courses. God bless the people that lead them. And I have some friends that lead them. It's you can't promise something like that because somebody we're all in these personal seasons and cycles that are unique to each of us that have nothing to do with what age we are. So you can find a great love at 12 and you can find a great love at 92. Right. So it doesn't matter what age you are. It's just when we're younger, we're all single and we're all together and we all have incredible raging hormones. So we tend to get together more easily, right? So so yeah, so is it time and is it time for both of you? Because if you're both in what I call a season of love, it's a lot more likely that things will work out. And then the fourth thing is, is person A the person, the kind of person, person B wants and vice versa. Because you can find somebody where all of that is working But maybe you want kids and they don't or maybe you want to live in the city and they want to live in the country. Maybe you're a rabid vegan and they're barbecuing every weekend. Right. Maybe you're like staunch Republican and they're not right. So so do you have like aligned life paths and life stages is also a huge factor in relationships? So um, and then number five is not astrological. It's uh, have both people, do both people have the relationship skills because good relationships, healthy relationships, as you well know, Sandy, require (laughs) skills and relationship research has proven it's not information. I mean, it's not sitting around healing all your trauma even though that's helpful and it's super important. It's not necessarily knowing everything that happened to you as a child that shaped you, even though again, that's super important. It's having skills makes people good at relationships or not. So and we need to be taught them. We need to learn them. We need to take that on. And uh so if you have all five, this is why it's a tall order, right? This is why, you know, you gotta kiss some frogs and you got to put yourself out there because you might meet somebody where comes you know compatibility is great, but they can't do it. Or everything's great, but you want different lives. Or you know Everything's great, but the timing is off.
1: Those are great. And I I have a question though. Um, What's the difference between that they both need to have the capacity to be in a full relationship and they both have relationship skills?
0: You can have skills, but still be like really independent or really like I have a friend. She is the wisest, most loving, most wonderful, but she is such a workaholic. I mean, like, I just went on a vacation with her and for seven hours on a day we were supposed to be at the beach, I watched her on her computer. Okay. Like she is, and her husband hates it. Her son hates it. Her ex-husband hated it. Right. She is such a beautiful communicator. She's so supportive, but she has some limited capacity. Marry her, you marry her career. Right. So that's an example. Uh, so they, they sound like the same thing. Now, obviously the higher your capacity, the less you have to work on it and the less you have to learn and the less classes you have to take or books you have to read. Uh, so, I mean, I will take somebody with high capacity who has learned very little over somebody of low capacity who's taken a million workshops any day. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, that's clear. Thank you. Um, yeah. yeah it's, it's always interesting how, um, people who feel like they're running out of time, they're running out of men. I mean, I got married at 29 and felt that I had exhausted all of the men in New York. <laughs> like oh. <laughs> I had met them all. They were all not appropriate for me. And so I married the guy who was madly in love with me oh. and felt like the safe pick, right? <laughs> it's just oh.
0: like, yeah.
1: Because I had no idea what I was doing. I mean, I, it was like a, yeah. a logical checklist. These right. people broke my heart. These people were not available. So, this guy seems to have really good value. So, he had some of it, right? Some okay. of it was right. We were both in the right time.
0: And did you feel like, oh no, 30 is coming any minute now? I got to like, yeah, lock my offers
1: were expiring. I, mean, it was, just, I was in the a eggs very were hard boiling. Oh, yeah, yeah hard boiled eggs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And when i look back at 29 it is so young and i had so much time and there were so many men and it was my limitations of yes i had no idea how to really connect i would Mm -hmm. get involved with men who were really not not able to open emotionally and Mm -hmm. then i would shut down and not really speak my truth i mean it was just a whole whole bunch of messes so that's why I do this work. That's why I, yeah, I went into this field because I feel like so many of us are still there and it's, it's not magic, but if you do do the work, it, it's, it's going to change your life. Really?
0: 1 million percent.
1: Yeah. Let's talk about singles who are dating again, post pandemic, right? What is your best advice for them?
0: First of all, we all have to be really sweet with ourselves, right? We've been so traumatized. <laughs> oh my God, we've been so traumatized. We really all learned that anything can happen. And that one of the good things about that for singles is a lot of singles really recognized how important this part of life is and that maybe they should give it more time or more energy uh, because overwhelmingly People say they want love and they say it's the most important thing to them, but they don't act like it. And this used to confuse me so much, but I really, in working with people, I I started to see, oh, it's because it means so much that they don't make very much effort. It's too painful. And when they get rejected or they get disappointed or they get hurt or they go a while with nothing happening, it's too painful, right? So, My advice now is the same as my advice ever, which is if this is a calling of your heart and your soul, show up for life wholeheartedly and, and put in the effort, but don't exhaust yourself. Don't make it like a full-time job. Don't, you know, don't knock yourself out if it's going to make you burn out to your point from before, um, but believe in love and know that it can happen at any time and, you know, my, my grandmother had her happiest marriage in her 70s. Uh, my sister's recently, she got married during the pandemic in her late 50s. You know, we never know what life is going to bring. And if you're living at what I call the level of love, like if you love your life and you're in your heart, you're going to be a magnet for all kinds of magic and miracles. So, so, So do that.
1: <laughs> That's a good thing to do. Well, that is a, a really great way to end this episode, I think, because I, I it's just it's a message of hope and it's a message of it's not just, again, it's not magic. It's not just sit back and wait for it. If yeah. it is important, put in the effort, but not to the point of exhaustion. And you know, what I tell my clients is, you get to design how you want to be. You know, if if you need to take a break, design what that looks like, not a, not a forever break, but right. maybe you want to date online for five minutes a day, maybe every other day, maybe you want to have a different approach to how you're seeing online dating. Maybe it's an amusement park and you're going in and it's going to be fun and you'll be on the roller coaster. And so it's, it's really, you, you get to control so much of this. If you, yeah. if you have the hope, if you do believe and if you if you don't try to control it
0: well and you know i don't know about you but all my greatest relationships have come as like a byproduct of being involved in something that i was really engaged in and really loved so so sometimes not going for it directly but going just going for a life that you totally love can can also lead to the greatest connections
1: and your beautiful
0: story about like dinner parties where women introduce people to other people. I mean, the number one way to meet somebody outside of internet dating is through an active social life with other single women. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. keep, keep those people close.
1: Yeah. Or create new friends. You know, I I have widowed clients who had kind of put their lives on hold for a long time and they're out there saying, you know, life is, I've changed, I've grown and I've outgrown some of my friends. And so now it's time to make new friends. And I think that happens to a lot of people who are evolving and growing. We outgrow our friends because, you know, if we're growing them, they're not it's going to change. And those are beautiful relationships. And then being bold enough to get yourself out there to really have a life you love. I think that is so key and such great advice. I know that Ken page, do you know, Ken? Yes. Ken is a beautiful example of that. He's been on the podcast. He met his partner through a parenting group. Uh, They both Mm -hmm. had adopted a child, a child and Mm -hmm. They, they met doing something they loved and not in the, the club scene and online dating. Mm-hmm. It was really doing what they loved and they found common ground. So beautiful. Yeah. Put yourself out there and do what you love and enjoy your life. Great advice. Well, Carol, you are awesome. It's so uh-huh. nice to connect Thank with you. You. <laughs> I, you. I love your energy and your positivity and uh-huh. your, your expansiveness.
0: Thank you so much. Back at you. What um, a great, what a great podcast you've created, and what what incredible longevity with it! So thank you. You've, thank you've you you've changed the world. Yay! Oh,
1: thank you. You as well. <laughs> so I know you have free gifts, and yes. I, there's a free ebook. Can you tell us about that?
0: Yes. So I wrote an ebook years ago called Becoming the Woman Your Dream Man Wants. I, I had to laugh. Your your book starts with the word becoming, also. That's yes. so awesome. I was like, wait, what? Uh, <laughs> becoming the Woman Your Dream Man Wants. And it's just some of my favorite advice for singles. And it talks, of course, about some of all these philosophies we've touched on. Uh, and you can get that at a, a website called rightmanreport.com. If you sign up for uh, my free newsletter. The next page takes you to how to download the ebook. And I have a newsletter that's all about astrology and its impact on love, but also some of my favorite relationship, relationship advice and uh, things going on in the world. I talk about celebrities a lot, and all kinds of fun stuff. So so yeah, so they can find that at rightmanreport.com. And that's the compatibility report that I have that Shows you all about affinity with someone else. That's like crazy, crazy accurate. It's crazy. Mm,
1: sounds like an <laughs> amazing resource, and yeah. I know that you have a lot of resources on Instagram at Carol Allen Astrologer. Yes, and yeah, I have Allen, some fun
0: free stuff there on my link tree. Yeah, yeah,
1: right. So Allen is spelled with two L's, just yes. so people know.
0: And A L an L E N. Yeah, A
1: L L E N. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Carol. Thank you. you are awesome, God and bless everybody, you too. Yeah, and thanks everyone for listening. If you love our show, please rate us and review us. Tell your friends, share the podcast, and as always, here's to your last first date. If you are ready to get unstuck, gain new tools, become more empowered, and finally find your last first date, I'd love to talk to you. Fill out an application to be considered for a complimentary half-hour love breakthrough session at lastfirstdate.com forward slash application. That's lastfirstdate.com forward slash application. I look forward to talking to you soon.